If you play soccer, you probably know our next guest. But if you've got a daughter, heck, if you've got a son who plays soccer, then they probably know our next guest better than you. She is Pia Sundhaga, and until September, she was the coach of the U.S. women's national soccer team. They had a great run under Sundhaga, World Cup finalists last year, gold medalists at the Olympics this year. They always put on an exciting show. But now Sundhaga is back in her native Sweden, coaching the national women's team there. Although right this second, she's back in the U.S. for a couple of days. Pia, great to have you on the program. Thank you very much for having me. So you gave this talk last night in Hartford, and you began with a song. And knowing what I do know about you, it doesn't take a, a lot of persuasion to get you to sing. So can you give us a few bars of what you sang in Hartford, and then tell us why you sang it? Well, you know, first of all, I'm you know a little bit nervous when you're standing on the stage in front of people. So in order to be myself, I bring up the music, and I start to sing Bob Dylan. Come gather round, people, wherever you roam. And continue with change and to talk about my leadership. That's an important song because when you arrived in 2005 to start coaching the, the U.S. women's team here, you sang it to, you know, the, the women gathered in the locker room. Why? Because I wanted them to know who I am uh, in order to be myself and so show some courage. I started to sing. It was 50-50 whether they thought this is crazy coach or this is coach we really want to follow. And um, after that song, I just looked at Abby and some of the players. Abby they, Wombeck. Yeah, Abby Wombeck. And they gave me a, a big hand and then we went from there. And um, I grabbed the chance to tell them the change. You, know, you need a lot of energy to do that and I'm not alone. So you need to help me and we're going to do it together. Well, whatever you did, whatever you sang that day seemed to work. Uh, the team went on a pretty magical run. But singing surely isn't your only motivating factor in getting the team to do what it did. What is your coaching style? How would you define it? Well, I look at the positive things. Uh, my glass is half full. Um, I put on my positive glasses and I coach the healthy part. Instead of trying to uh, I analyze the mistake, of course, but instead of fix the mistakes, I try to look at when it works. You know, we talk about double it instead. So you create that positive environment. I do believe that everybody plays a big part in creating that environment. But also when it comes to performance, you bring out the performance, best performance in each other. So we want to play to her strength all the time. I do believe that the players have the ability. And my job is to make sure that they find it and try to improve their, their ability. A lot of American sports, it is about winning. And it sounds like that's not what you were trying to get the team to focus on. The Americans, they have something. I can really feel it now when I'm back in Sweden. The Americans, they have a ability to take two more steps. They could be exhausted. They could be one down, what, one zero down. But still, they believe to the very last second. And that is contagious. And it's something, I don't know where it comes from, but I would call that you know, some sort of American attitude. Now, I will bring back that to Sweden because I think it's contagious. So if you just find one player or two players or a coach that shows that, but you need your passion in order to do that. You believe in something and you take two more steps, but it comes from inside. It doesn't come from, from the coach. It comes from inside. It comes from the team. And that's something I experienced five years in the States. And if you have a player like Abby Wombach, she's competitive. If you have a player like Hope Solo, she's always competitive. It is 
phenomenal feeling to be around this team, and they have made me look good. How would you describe the arc of women's soccer in Sweden over the years? I mean, has it has it built up steam in the same way women's soccer in the U.S. has? When I was little, uh, I was six years old at the time, and I wanted to play, you know, a real game. But I couldn't because I wasn't allowed to play soccer because I was a girl. Now, they called me, you know, I had a coach, and he called me Pelle. That's a Swedish boy's name. Mm. So I, my name was Pelle for two years in order to play soccer. So it started back then. So you said, you're saying you kind of you had to pass as a boy to play soccer? Exactly. I had to pass as a boy. I had no problem with that. And, and I think about my mom and dad, and they said, well, as long as you have fun, it's okay. So I was a little bit weird, unique, and, and you know, not like everybody else, but that was okay. And, and that's the passion for soccer. I played and I played. And um, it started with uh, love for soccer, and it ended with World Cup, Olympics, European Championship. But there's so many people, so many women behind that development. It was a movement in Sweden, and you've seen this in, in the States as well. So, And you see that in Japan, there, there are, in the beginning, they didn't have many spectators, and they played, uh, lately, they played two finals. Mm. So... In the women's game, you know, soccer is developing fairly fast, men and women. But in the women's game, it's so much faster because you have people that cares about the game and they want to improve the game. You know, I think of my daughter and her friends who got so motivated by the current U.S. women's team. How do you think women's soccer in the U.S. has changed during your tenure here? Well, I would hope that it's not only about going forward and try to get as close as possible to the, to the goal. It's uh, rhythm, you know. You know, I bring the music and mm. some extent I want to bring the music into the game as well. Sometimes you are predictable, sometimes you're unpredictable. It's a very complex game. Instead of only talk about winning and going forward, you know, go for it, beat her, try to be smarter than that. And I think that mix is what makes uh, the Americans the best team in the world. When will you play the U.S. women's team, the team you used to coach? And what is that going to be like for you? Oh, I mean, probably Algarve Cup. That is in a couple of months. Oh, really? So, yes, I think we're in the same group. So um, I will coach against Abby Warmback and those guys, and that will be very. That will be. How is that? I don't know, but <laughs> there will be a, a lot of questions from journalists, of course. How does it feel, and so on, and um, hmm. it, it, and sometimes you get carried away about uh, different cultures. But when i a little bit stressed, I go back to the game again and I talk about tactics and talk about wall passes and I'm all set. Pia Sundhaga, former coach of the U.S. national women's team, now coaching the national women's team in her native Sweden. Thank you for joining us and thank you for all you've done for soccer in the U.S. Thank you so much.